Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. All right. Well, if you turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 45, we'll get ready here to start. Genesis 45, terrific chapter. Let's, um, let's look to God. Father, thank you so much for recording all this for us so that we can, Lord, just relive it, go back into it, and as we do, Lord, to have you by our side and point out what we need to learn for our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Genesis 45, verse 1, Genesis 45, 1. Then Joseph could not refrain himself before all them that stood by him, and he cried, Cause every man to go out from me. And there stood but no man with him, while Joseph made himself known unto his brethren. And he wept aloud, and the Egyptians in the house of Pharaoh heard. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I am Joseph, doth my father yet live? And his brethren could not answer him, for they were troubled at his presence. And Joseph said unto his brethren, Come near to me, I pray you. And they came near. And he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. Now, therefore, be not grieved nor angry with yourselves that you sold me hither. For God did send me before you to preserve life. For these two years hath the famine been in the land, and yet there are five years in the which there shall, be, there shall neither be earing nor harvest. And God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now, it was not you that sent me hither, but God. And he hath made me a father to Pharaoh, and lord of all his house, and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. Haste ye, and go up to my father, and say unto him, Thus saith thy son Joseph, God hath made me lord of all Egypt. Come down unto me, tarry not. And thou shalt dwell in the land of Goshen, and thou shalt be near unto me, thou and thy children, and thy children's children, and thy flocks, and thy herds, and all that thou hast. And there will I nourish thee. Yet there are five years of famine, lest thou and thy household, and all that thou hast, come to poverty." Behold, your eyes see, the eyes of my brother Benjamin, that is my mouth that speaketh unto you. You shall tell my father of all my glory in Egypt, and of all that you have seen, and you shall haste and bring down my father hither. And he fell upon brother, his brother Benjamin's neck and, and neck and wept, and Benjamin wept upon his neck. Moreover, he kissed all his brethren and wept upon them, and after that his brethren talked with him. Okay, so we left off last uh, in our last study with Joseph really bearing his heart to his brothers. That's what this is all about. And the chapter opened really with a summary statement that really just, just tells you what the whole chapter is about when it says in verse 1, Joseph made himself known unto his brethren. For decades, Joseph had just longed and dreamed of this day when he could finally be come back together with his family, with his brethren. They hated him. But he loved them in spite of the fact that he hated them. It broke his heart. They were separated. 
They were separated. It broke his heart. They hated him, but it broke his heart. They were separated. It's an illustration of the way it is with the Lord Jesus Christ and his Jewish people. And yet, for as much as the Jewish people really do do not, they, they really they want they want the name of Jesus just to be erased and forgotten. That's what the word Yeshu stands for. And it's just like Joseph was hated by his brethren, but Joseph still loved his Jewish people. He just still loved his brethren, and the Lord Jesus still loves his people in spite of how they feel about him. And, and, and Paul, when Paul was writing about his heart, because that's what he said he was writing about in Romans 9 and Romans 10, he, he wrote about what was from his heart. But when he wrote in Romans 9, 1 through, through 4, about his heart, he was expressing the heart of God when he said in Romans 9, 1, I say the truth in Christ, my conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost, that I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart, for I could wish myself were a curse from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh, who are Israelites. That's, and, and that's how God feels. And, and what we have here in this chapter is this great day when Joseph makes himself known to his brothers. Now, we saw how Joseph did this with such a sensitivity to them just to keep this matter under wraps, the fact that he was sold as a slave to the, to, to the Egyptians. And, and, this is, and when Joseph did this, it was a perfect illustration of what the Bible calls a faithful spirit. It says that in Proverbs eleven fourteen. It says, it, says, it, it talks about how, how a, a faithful spirit conceals a matter. It keeps the, the wraps on it. And, and, and this is what he did. But a talebearer goes and tells everybody. And Joseph is not a talebearer. And so what, what, what Joseph saw that what his brothers did to him, which was really bad, should be kept a secret just between him and his brothers. And he intended to keep it that way. And we can imagine how, 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 you know, looking at how much the Egyptians really loved Joseph, that Joseph's brother, they just appreciated it also, if you would just kind of keep that down a little bit, keep it a secret. And so Joseph is, is going to do that, and he's doing that. He's being a faithful spirit as he, he sends all the Egyptians out of the room. And then when he goes to say, you know, I'm your, he says, I'm your brother, that's fine, that's great. But then when he goes to say, I'm your brother who you sold into Egypt, he kind of, he, he says to them, come near to me, come near to me. So he can say, hey, hey, I'm Joseph, your brother. You know, <laughs> you sold as a slave. Yeah, it's me. It's really me, you know. And so he did all this because he didn't want the, the, he didn't want the Egyptians to hold it against his brothers. That's the way it is with the Lord Jesus Christ and the Jewish people. The Lord Jesus Christ, like Joseph, covering up their sin, is going to cover it all up so, so what, what, the, what the Jewish people did to him so that there's going to come a time, we don't see it today, but there's going to come a time, it says this in, in Jeremiah 50.20, there's going to come a time, it's hard for us to imagine it, but it says in Jeremiah 50.20, in those days and at that time, saith the Lord, the iniquity of Israel, and what greater iniquity is there? than what they did to their Messiah. Okay, that's not in the verse. It says, the iniquity of Israel shall be sought for, and there shall be none. 
and the sins of Judah, and they shall not be found, for I will pardon them whom I reserved. I mean, what that verse is telling us is that the Lord Jesus Christ is going to cover up so well what the Jewish people sinfully did to him that when the day comes, that it's going to be like, no, wait a minute, weren't the Jewish people really behind that crucifixion and they just used the Romans like as their tools to kill him? And they won't be able to get it, make it stick. You know, they won't be able to get a conviction. Because some might even turn to the Lord Jesus and say, now wait a minute, didn't the, didn't the Jewish people turn you over to, 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 to the Romans to be killed? And then the Lord's going to say, the Jewish people? No, no, it was the sins of the world that killed me. And try as they might, they won't be able to find the sins of the Jewish people because the overshadowing truth for it all is going to be that God has pardoned them. God has pardoned the Jewish people. And that's what's described in Jeremiah 50, verse 20. Jeremiah 50, 20. Now, it's what we, this is what we're seeing illustrated here. This is all illustrated here in how Joseph is treating his brothers at this time. He's very, and he, he cares about them. And he's also, he's very sensitive to them. And he's not thinking about himself in this chapter. He's really thinking about his brothers. And so he could see, when he looked at his brothers, he could see their first reaction was anger and grief. That was their first reaction. They were angry and they were grieved at themselves and, and what they had done to Joseph. And when Joseph saw that, he rushed in in verse 5, and he says, Now therefore be not grieved nor angry with yourselves that you sold me hither, for God did send me before you to preserve life. This shows an extreme sensitivity. It shows a gentleness on his part. He's now speaking to the heart of his brothers, and he says to them, Don't blame yourselves for what you did to me. This is a complete change for Joseph and in how Joseph has been dealing with his brothers. Before, this is not Zathnath Paneah speaking anymore. <laughs> you know, that Zathnath Paneah fellow, the guy who was hard-hearted and accused them of being spies. This is now Joseph, their tender brother, speaking to, it's all changed. Everything has changed. There was a time when, when, when we were listening to Zahnath Peneah deal with them. And there was a time for that, but now it's gone. And, and, and it's a time for now Joseph to deal with them. This is all, this, 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 this is the idea. There was a time, now there's a time. That's what Solomon, King Solomon was talking about in Ecclesiastes 3.1. Ecclesiastes 3.1, where Solomon said, to everything there's a season, and a time to every purpose under the heaven. He says a time to break, a heal, and going on, a time to break down, a time to build up, a time to weep, a time to embrace, a time to refrain from embracing, a time to love, a time to peace. So in their relationship together, there was a time to break down. And they did break down. When Judah said to Zathnath Paneah in, in, in Genesis 44, 16, in the previous chapter, verse 16, Judah said, what shall we say unto my Lord? What shall we speak? How shall we clear ourselves? God hath found out the iniquity of thy servants. Behold, we are my Lord's servants. He was broken down. That was a time 
when, it, before Zatah Pereya was breaking them down and they broke down. And then, and there was a time also to refrain from embracing when, 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 when Zatnat Panea said in, in the Genesis 42 9, Genesis 42 9, you're spies. To see the nakedness of the land, you are come. But, but now he's gone, this character. And now it's Joseph is there. Now it's a time to weep, like Solomon said. And that's what you see in verse two. He wept aloud. You see that in verse 14. He fell upon his brother Benjamin's neck and wept. And Benjamin wept upon his neck. And you see in verse 15. Moreover, he kissed all his brethren and wept upon them. Now is the time to heal, it says in, in verse 15. Verse 15, his brethren talked with him. Now is the time to embrace, as it says in verse 15. He kissed all his brethren. And, 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 and now is the time to embrace. And then now's the time to love. Now's the time for peace. Now's the beautiful feet, a beautiful feet of the of one who brings peace, as it says in Isaiah fifty two seven. Isaiah fifty two seven says, "How beautiful upon the mountain are the feet of them that bring good tidings that publishes peace." Now that, that that's th- this is what God wants to give to the Jewish people: a person who will come and bring them some good news. And he says that in Isaiah 41.27. Isaiah 41.27 is God says, The first shall say to Zion, Behold, behold them, and I will give to Jerusalem one that bringeth good tidings. Good news. So Joseph now, he's monitoring his brothers very carefully. He's watching their reaction. And 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 he can see, my brothers have just reached the limit. They've had enough. Enough of the bad news. And now it's some time for some good news. And that's the reason why everything has changed. Because he saw that his brothers were in danger of what's described in 2 Corinthians 2.7. 2 Corinthians 2.7 is where Paul is speaking to the church of Corinth. They've been hard on this person who has sinned. And then Paul has says, so that contrarywise, you ought rather to forgive him and comfort him, lest perhaps... Such a one should be swallowed up with overmuch sorrow. So Joseph now, he is seeing his brothers, and he's saying, you know, there's a danger here. They could be swallowed up with overmuch sorrow. So he calls a halt to all the pressure. And, and, and that's a picture when we see Joseph doing that, monitoring and then calling a halt. It's a picture of what God does with us. He monitors just how much pressure we can take. He's watching our pressure, pressure gauges. <laughs> and when he sees that the pressure gets too high, he calls a halt. He says, no, that's too much. <laughs> and that's what he says in 1 Corinthians 10.13. 1 Corinthians 10.13 talks about really God watching the pressure gauges on our lives when he says, there hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above. You know, that's when the gauge gets to in the red zone. Above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. That's the relief valve. Now, we should expect trouble in life. We have to expect trouble in life. I mean, the Bible's clear about it. In 2 Timothy 3.12, 2 Timothy 3.12, it says, Yea, all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. It's not saying you'll likely suffer persecution, you may suffer persecution. It's saying you will 
suffer persecution if you live godly in the Lord. Now, the Bible further goes on talking about this persecution in Acts 14.22, to Acts 14.22, when it says, confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith that we must, through much tribulation, enter into the kingdom of God. Now, that's not saying that we must enter the kingdom of God. That It's not saying that we may encounter tribulation. It's saying we must, through much tribulation, enter into the kingdom of God. So we're going to have trouble in life. We're going to have trouble in life. That's why the saying in Japan, which I've been thinking a lot of right now, after a victory, after a victory, after, after a victory in battle, tighten your helmet straps. That's what it says. And that's correct for the Christian life. But thank God, 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, God's faithful to monitor our pressure gauge. He's faithful. He won't suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also may a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. So this is what Joseph is doing here. He's monitoring his brothers, making sure that they're being able to, 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 to stand up and, and just the way God does to us as well. And that's what he called stop to it all. Now, when you look at what Joseph is doing now with his brothers, there's one word to describe it, and it's the word comfort, comfort. Again, Joseph is an illustration of what God calls his servants to do with the Jewish people. In Isaiah 40, verse 1, Isaiah 40, verse 1, it says, Comfort ye, comfort ye my people, saith your God. We are to comfort the ones who don't appreciate us. But even though we are at that end, God calls us to comfort ye, comfort ye my people, saith your God. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem, cry unto her. Her warfare is accomplished. Her iniquity is pardoned. She's received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. So just like God has one goal now for the Jewish people is to comfort them, and God says that twice, comfort ye, comfort ye, to emphasize it, comfort ye, comfort ye, my, my people, saith your God. We're, we're not to say to the Jewish people, you killed our God. We're not to do that. That's not comforting. And, we're, and, and even if they're offensive, God calls us to comfort them, comfort them. That's the one goal that Joseph has for, in this chapter for his, his brothers, comfort them, comfort them. He's, he's not going to them and saying, you caused me a lot of pain and suffering. He's just very concerned with, 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 with how, how, they are, how they are receiving all this. And so, so that, that's why it's so important for us to, to speak with tenderness, speak with love, speak with concern. Not a cold delivery of facts of the gospel to the lost, but with a sensitive heart to them. That's why God says, comfort ye, comfort ye, speak ye comfortably. In other words, deliver it with compassion, the gospel. And that's what we see Joseph doing here. And, and so that's why in verse 2, he's crying aloud and asking them to come close to him. And, 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 and it's because he's saying to them that I miss the closeness of your persons. I want you to come close to me. And then, and, then he, he, and then the ultimate expression of this comfort is when in verse 14 and 15, he falls on the, his brother Benjamin's neck. He cries on the neck. The warm tears running down Benjamin's neck. Those spoke more than the words. He kisses his brethren. He weeps upon them. They, you know, no, one says, no one says, you're getting my neck wet. 
<laughs> Nobody says those things because those tears and the feeling of those tears on those necks spoke more to them than anything he said. And that's why after the tears, after on the neck and so forth, that's why it says in verse 15, and after that, his brethren talked with him. So that's, that's a picture for us. Now, the message that we're to give to the lost is, especially the Jewish people, the war's over. Your warfare is accomplished. Your iniquity is pardoned. It's over. The war is over between the Jewish people and Jehovah Jesus. It's over. It's finished. And that's the message that God wants to be given to the, to the Jewish people. The war's over. Your iniquity is pardoned. There's forgiveness now. Now's the time. Here you come out and, and, and accept this invitation that Jehovah Jesus gives in Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. And in Isaiah 1, 18, come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Your sins be as scarlet, they'll be as white as snow. In Isaiah 55, 1, ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. And then they should understand Zechariah 13.1, Zechariah 13.1. In that day there shall be a fountain open to the house of David and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem for sin and for uncleanness. So this is the message of forgiveness. And this is the message that Joseph is delivering to his brothers. Forgiveness. And he's telling his brother, he's telling his brothers, I forgive you. Just like the Lord was saying to those who crucified him, who were crucifying him, I forgive you. When they heard him say, Luke 23, 34, Luke 23, 34, and then said, Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his, gar- his raiment, cast lots. And that's what the Lord is telling us to do. You must forgive. And he says that in, in Matthew 6, 12, Matthew 6, 12, where it says, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Now, a debtor is someone who owes you something. So the question is, who are our debtors? It's not just money, because debtors are the people in our lives who have hurt us and wronged us. Now, is there anybody in this room who has not had somebody hurt them or wronged them? <laughs> I never met anybody. That would be an unrealistic life. And, and, and so, so those are the people who owe us something. Isn't it interesting that when people today use the term owe when talking about somebody who hurt them or wronged them, they say, that person owes me what? Apology, an apology. He owes me, you owe me an apology. You know, right? He owes me an apology. That's an expression of debt. They're indebted to us. They're debtors. And so this prayer is about our debtors. Now, we know this, this is a pretty familiar verse here because it's part of a, a prayer that starts off with, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That's a pretty familiar prayer. You know, right? and, and, and that's the most important prayer. That, that's the Lord's prayer. So this is a really important verse when it says, Forgive us our debtors as we forget those who, however it goes. But that word as is really important. That little word as is really important in this verse. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. That word as is so important. Why? Because the word as means in the same way or just like we do.
Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711-330, California, Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org, tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for the Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. Do you have fatigue or trouble getting out of bed or just getting through the day? Are you so tired you can't focus? Do you feel like your life is drained away? Do you have fibromyalgia headaches? I have good news for you. Our doctors at Scanabody's Imaging and Therapy can give you cellular ozone therapy. Why not get your energy back now by calling us at 1-888-529-9016 or visit us at treatmyfatigue.com. 